is so hard to live with the unknown. My father passed away, but we know where he is. Whereas with Estra's, because we don't know if she's dead or alive. I think that's the hardest, the not knowing of what's happened. The case of missing woman Ezra Oiron is a baffling mystery. The young mother of one seemingly vanished without a trace after leaving her home in Clondalkin, West Dublin on the morning of February 23rd, 2011. Her car was later located parked on the promenade in Bray County Wicklow. To this day, no tangible evidence has come to light as to Ezra's final movements, though grainy CCTV footage has been presented to Gardaí showing a woman seemingly walking up Brayhead and never coming back down. But Ezra's family say there were no signs that she was suicidal and believe something more sinister may be at play. Her sister Berna has been tirelessly travelling from the UK to Ireland every year, sticking up missing posters around Bray in the hope that someone with answers finally comes forward. She spoke to this podcast about that search, her sister's last movements, and her hopes about finally getting some closure. This is Shattered Lives, and I'm Paul Healy. Berna, thank you for speaking to us. I suppose I'll just ask you, first and foremost, can you tell us a bit about Ezra? and who she is uh, oh who she is um i mean esra is such a fun loving person you know she doted on her son um she, you know she was a mum a sister yeah it, i don't know it's just she just had a beautiful soul and everybody loved her and everyone could just you know talk to her so easily because that's the type of person she was you know she would just make friends with anybody and talk to anybody you know and click straight away um and if i could take it to to and that day in february 2011 your sister as as far as we know went out uh in the morning um in her car and 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 went was going to the shops that was the understanding of her partner and and this really is the last time she was seen by anybody the next we hear a car was discovered in bray but but talk me through that and and when you heard the the, the news that she hadn't come home basically i mean i spoke to my sister on the sunday um because the mums were going over to ireland on the thursday so she'd invited my mum over and her mother-in-law and she phoned me on sunday um just to give me a shopping list of things that she'd forgotten the month before, because she was only over in January anyway, early January. And um, so she said, oh, I forgot a few bits in London. She goes, can you just shove a few bits into mum's uh, suitcase? So when she comes over, she can bring them. And, you know, and she, she'd made plans. She goes, oh, I'm going to surprise them. They're going to be here for my birthday. So I booked a spa and a posh restaurant and, you know, and everything was okay you know there was no, nothing unusual about you know what she said and she said oh I'm gonna phone a friend of mine um in a minute as well she goes I'll phone her tomorrow because it's her son's birthday yeah and she and she did actually phone her friend the following day because um a friend told me she goes you know that's when I spoke to her she phoned me on the Monday hmm. and um she spoke to her and wished her son a happy birthday because um there was only a few months between her son and her friend's son hmm. And um, so, you know, they, they spoke. She said, you know, she sounded normal as well. Um, on the Tuesday, uh, before she disappeared, her neighbour saw her and she was. She said she was bringing out the bins and, you know, she, uh, she had music in the background. And she said to her, what are you doing spring cleaning in February? So she said, oh, the mums are coming over right. on Thursday, so I'm getting the house ready for them. Right. Um, 
and then on Wednesday, um, you know, her husband phoned us in the evening because I said to my sister, you know, I'll phone you on Thursday after I put mum on the plane, you know, because I was going to drive them to the airport. And then you can call me when they arrive, you know, to say that they got safely there. And um, but her, her husband phones me. Um, well, she, he actually phoned my mum, to be quite honest with you, um, when Wednesday, sort of late afternoon, to just to say, check on times. He didn't want to say anything at first because he didn't want to worry anybody. So he said, oh, I'm going to pick you up from the airport. You know, what time was your flight? Just to see if mum would say that she spoke to Ezra. And then he turned around and said, look, she went out this morning. She hasn't come back. Have you spoken to her today? Um, I'm, I'm worried now. I just don't know what's going on because this is just not the way she, you know, she's never done this before. And um, my mum, like, she was in shock. She goes, what do you mean she, she went out this morning and didn't? She goes, he goes, I just don't know. He goes, I don't know what's happened. So my brother spoke to him. And then my brother phoned me and said, uh, phone Ezra, he goes, because... Because my, well, my brother phoned me and said, have you spoken to Ezra today? And I said, well, no, I spoke to her a couple of days, you know, on Sunday. So he, uh, he said, where are you now? I said, I'm actually in the car because I was just getting in the car when my brother called. And I said, I've literally just sat in the car to drive down to you um, to see, you know, to bring a few bits for mum to take with her tomorrow. He goes, phone, phone Ezra now, he goes, because Ezra doesn't seem to be there. So I was like, what are you talking about? Is it? He goes, just phone, phone him and talk to him, see what's going on. So when I phoned and he says, I've been driving myself mad, he goes, I, I just don't know what to do. He goes, I told her this morning that they had a shared car. So Ezra would normally drive him to work and then later on pick him up because he only worked in um, Parkview. So it's not too far. And because they only had the one car, she kept the car during the day. And on, on occasion, if he wanted to go to the gym after work, he would take the car that day. So and apparently that he goes, I, I said to her this morning, he goes, um, before the mums come over, let me put gym session in. He goes, because when they're here, I might not get a chance. So he goes, I told her, you know, I'll take the car today. And apparently Esra said, you know, well, if you're going to take the car for the day, um, let me just nip out, buy a few bits I need so I don't have to go back out again with the baby. And um, and he says this was like no more than 20 past seven in the morning, he said, because I had to sort of leave to go to work. So she was only supposed to be 10, 15 minutes. And then so he could come, you know, she could come back and he could go to work for eight o'clock. And sorry, just to but ask that... you, sorry, Bernard, but just to ask you at this point, for how long was she she missing when, when, when this conversation was happening? Um, well, she'd... She'd left the house about 20 past seven in the morning and he phoned about five o'clock in the afternoon, um, hoping that he'd be able to get some response or some answers. But he said he'd been calling her all day, just kept on going to message. He phoned the guardie and then they turned around and said, well, she's an adult. She hasn't been missing for more than 48 hours. Um, you know, you have to wait. So he goes, I walked up the road, you know, put baby in the buggy, walked up the road to the shops to see if anybody had seen her. Um, he goes and he goes. I'll keep phoning her phone, and there's, it just keeps going on to message, and that that was it basically. It was, it was just literally hot water poured over my head. That's that's. I mean, it was just a flush of. It, it just felt so surreal. It just it, it was unbelievable because 
even if my sister's going out for the day on a normal normal day she normally sends either me a message or you know she'll phone and say look if you try and contact me today I'm at so and so so you won't be able to get hold of me don't worry just on a normal day she'd let us know so this where is she was incredibly unusual but straight away yeah 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 of course mm-hmm. so it was just you know unbelievable and I said to him look Forget about what the guardie said. Just go down to the station, take a picture of her, at least let them find the car, report the car, you know. And then he he went down. Um, then he phoned me back a couple of, a couple of hours later to say, look, I've put a report in, I've taken the picture, they've taken a statement and everything. And um, he said, they'll let me know. So, of course, there's me trying to hunt around for the next available ticket to fly out there myself. And the next available ticket was literally what the flight my mum would have been on in the morning so my mum was in no state to travel anyway um so I took her place um and I and I came over but before that it was about half past 10 11 o'clock at night when um Ursula called me again and said look I've had a call back from the police they found the car in Bray he goes what the hell it's doing there I had no idea and he goes but they're doing a helicopter search around the area and I said, okay. Um, I said, but I'm going I'm to be there in the morning. I said, I'm, you know, I'm coming over. We're just frantic at this time. We just don't know who else to contact. Yeah, just you know, I just started wanted... calling around her friends and stuff like that, and mm. nobody had heard mm. from her. I, ju- I just want to give people context. Like, you know, Bray is is quite some distance from where she left her home that morning. You know, yeah, and, and you know, it's in another county. And it would be, there would be no reason that you can think of anyway as to why she would go out there, am I right? No, no, not at all. Because she was only supposed to go to the local shops to pick up a few bits. You know, there'd there'd be no reason at all. I think the most concerning part of this is the the fact that there was a big time discrepancy between her leaving her home and getting to Bray. Because Bray is about, I don't know, half an hour maximum, you know. Could be longer, I mean... Well, yeah. it could be longer, um, but Four. I've done that trip so many times, yeah. and it's literally never taken me more than right. half hour, thirty-five minutes. Oh, you know better than I. So yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, uh, because I've literally, you know, I spent three months over there yeah. when she first went missing. Yeah. I was only flying over supposedly just for that weekend, and I, you know, my intentions were I'm going to bring her home. But of course, when 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 I got there and things just didn't. You know, we, we couldn't find her and everything happened. You know, it was just going, my head was just all over the place. I actually ended up staying there for nearly three months on off. I came back a couple of times, but I, I went over there. So in that time, I, I travelled backwards and forwards to Bray to, to put up posters and run appeals and everything. Mm. And the fact that she went missing, and it was half-term week, so there was less traffic on the road, Um you know, her husband's adamant that it was no longer later than about 20 past seven that she left. Um, because he goes, you know, she just said, oh, you know, keep an eye on the baby while you're getting ready for work. Let me just nip out. And he goes, and he goes, and I clocked the time. He goes, because I, kn- I knew I had to get to work. So he goes, that you know, that's, that's the sort of time it was. It was about 20 past seven. But her, see, in Ireland, unfortunately, the CCTV's, 10, 11 years ago now, um, 
probably were not as good as what they may be now. I don't know if they're any better, but they were absolutely appalling then. And they only seemed to read number plates rather than see the visual. Then who was in the car? So her her number plate was first clocked at the Power City roundabout in Clondarkham at just before eight o'clock. So it was about five to eight. Now this is only literally a four four minute drive from her house. You know, and I've done that journey backwards and forwards in all different directions from you know, exiting her home. I thought, okay, go the long way round, go the shortcut. No, it took no more than five minutes, especially if it's going to be, you know, there's no schools because it's half term. So, so that road is empty. There's a discrepancy yeah. there already in the time. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And then from her car at that roundabout to Bray, the timing is correct. It's about 25 minutes, half an hour, right. which is fine. You know, that's how long it would take you to get there. But it's just from her house to that roundabout. So my question was always, did she ever actually get to Bray herself? Or was the car just dumped there? Because why why did it take half an hour just to get to a roundabout, which is only four minutes around the corner? So mm-hmm. my, my question was always like, did someone stop her? Did she stop to, you know, did she get flagged down or, you know, I, I don't know, you, you have so many things running Questions. around in your head. Yeah. I just want to ask you, in terms of the Gardaí, obviously it got to the point where it became a missing person's case after a certain amount of time. And mm-hmm. what was it like just dealing with the Gardaí in those early days? What kind of questions were they asking you as a family? Basically, they were just asking, you know, what was their state of mind like? You know, they like they like to pinpoint things on depression suicide, run away, you know, because it's an easy way out. Um, And I said, you know what, this is somebody who was making plans. So for someone to make plans is not going to, you know, they're not going to have the mindset to be making plans if they're suicidal. They're not going to do their day-to-day routine stuff and, you know, make plans for their mother and mother-in-law to come over, book book a spa and a posh restaurant to celebrate birthdays. I said, this is ridiculous, you know. Yeah. Um, they tried to pin it on the fact that, oh, she might have been depressed because my father had passed away. Well, our father had passed away. And I turned around and I said, yeah, but that was October, 20, you know, 2010. That was, you know, six months ago, mm. over six months ago. So why, you know, I said, okay, you know, we all miss Dad, obviously, but Dad was sick for such a long time that... The whole family, including Ezra, we were praying that he would go peacefully because the last four or five months of his life, he was literally bedridden on morphine. He didn't even know who was coming and going anymore. He had no quality of life left and he was suffering in pain. So, you know, his death was not unexpected. And that's why Ezra was backwards and forwards visiting. And she did manage to come down and see him before he passed away. She stayed for the funeral and she visited us twice after he'd passed away. So, you know, so there was no, you know, it wasn't, oh, she was depressed because dad died. Mm. You know, yeah, we were all sad that he died. Obviously, we lost our father, you know, but um, it had nothing to do. I mean, you know, when they're asking you those questions, I mean, and you're all 
circling your minds as to as to as to whether there was anything i mean was there any conversation that someone had with your sister where she seemed a bit down or she mentioned that she was down about something or was there, other other than the passing of your father what was there was there anything well, no yeah no i mean even her closest friend she was in total shock she went into depression herself after my sister uh, you know disappeared she just all she kept on saying is no she's not gone she can't be gone she goes i speak to her every other day she tells me everything there's no way she's gone anywhere so even she was like in she, i mean it's her best friend she yeah. goes you know even if Esther was having like a you know she had a migraine or what she goes she would phone me with with everything she goes telling me where she's going that day or you know what's happening even if Amy was playing up, she, she'd phone me and say, oh, my God, he's driving me mad today. But she goes, she told me everything. For her to disappear, you know, Dula was in total and utter, you know, all she kept on saying is, no, 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 this is not possible. This isn't possible. And just to, to talk about that time period, obviously the, the days turn into weeks, turn into months, and there's no developments and you've you've gone back to England, I assume, at some point. Uh, you know what what is it what is it like to uh, to start to realize that uh, obviously something very bad has happened to her. You know because d- yeah. there's no sign of her. Do you know what I mean? I I just don't know what else to do anymore because mm-hmm. we've been backwards and forwards. I don't know twenty, thirty times, maybe even more now. I, I've lost count of how many times I've been over to Ireland. Um, and every time I come over, I do the newspaper appeals and and radio and you know every every appeal you can think of, you know. And for no one to come forward, I just find that really bizarre, because I'm I'm thinking, how is it possible that someone just disappears and nobody sees or hears anything? I just can't understand that at all. Um, and it is so much harder to be here in London when you're not close enough to sort of keep going out there and pushing the appeals. Mm. You know, sometimes I'd phone up the guardie to say, you know, have you had any feedback? But it would take them a week, 10 days to get back to me. Mm. I mean, even when she first went missing, um, the first lot of, you know, they said, oh, we sent Gardi up Bray's Head to take a walk and have a look. And I said, but where did they walk? They walked the walk path. I said, hundreds of people walk that walk path. If anything was to be found, the public would have notified you. Mm-hmm. I said, it's not the walk path that needs to be searched. It's a whole flipping mountain, you know. Um, so she went missing on a Wednesday. The first, they, they sent five people down to have a look around Bray's head on Sunday, by which time, you know, public had come out and helped us. We'd been up there all week, you know, um, all around Bray's head. Um, you know, the public came down with their dogs and whatever to help us as well. And, you know, cause I was putting out flyers and posters um, asking for help. But the Guardi itself, I mean, by the time they actually contacted anyone to come and help it was you know they came five people came you know on a Sunday and I'm thinking well that's that's too late you should have reacted a lot quicker but when I spoke to the group they said well they were only notified on the Saturday so that's why they came out and I said but she went missing on Wednesday you know why was he notified so it was really hard to actually get anything done because I don't think it was taken serious enough as a missing person Mm. at the beginning do you think that this this was our issue the the assumption as you say even early on was 
that this was a suicide case from the guards? Yeah, of course, of course. I mean, even when I did the first crime, well, when um, I don't know if you watched the program, The Missing, with Channel Four. Did. Yes, I, I, I've seen and, it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and the attitude of the officer in charge just literally pointing out, oh, she's committed suicide. And I'm thinking, well, how dare you? Well, how I, dare you say that to me without actually giving me any evidence? Yeah, I was going to bring... You know, any proof of that, you know? It's, it was just so heartless for him to act that way. Yeah, I was just going to bring that up, actually. Sweep, yeah, sweep it under the carpet. Oh, well, she's committed suicide. People do things like this. And I'm thinking, well, hold on there. You know, give me a body before you tell me it's suicide. Mm. Prove to me. And just just to point just to point out just for people who haven't seen it in this uh, documentary is probably the best way to describe it. You go into the guard yeah. station and the, and the detective brings you through what evidence they've acquired, which which is quite uh, which is nothing really, not a whole lot. Yeah. Um, and that information was uh, there were CCTV which showed a woman, but you can't really tell who this woman is, no. walking up Brayhead. And they say that they couldn't see this woman again. Who, if, I mean, if anyone who sees the footage, you can't really make out who it is. They can't see this person coming back down at any point. No. And so they've concluded that that may be your sister. And then the second piece of evidence is in relation to her phone, am I right? That it pinged at some point up yeah. on Brayhead. So but then I pointed yeah. out to them, you yeah. know, this is a mobile phone. Anyone could have that mobile phone in their hand, you know. And the woman... Was we pointed out in that documentary that that woman who was standing there aimlessly, as they put it, was waiting for her dog because as soon as her dog went past her, she walked up the hill. And you don't have to walk down that hill, you know, you go up the hill. Anybody that knows Brayhead, there's a car park at the top where you can literally just cut through and walk down to the main road through there, or you can walk straight across all the way to you know Greystones at the other end which only takes an hour anyway. And I've done that journey many, many times, you know? Yeah. You can see the dog in the, in the, in the CCTV. You can actually... Yeah, you, you know, but, yeah. well, that's it. I mean, we pointed this out and they were still like, you know, well, they just didn't want to know, did they really? You know, they, they, it was just easy for them to just say, oh, well, she's committed suicide. I'm thinking, well, she's gone up the hill. Where, where you can't jump off there. Even if you did, you'd end up in the rail, you know, the rail tracks at the bottom. You know, there's nowhere to, you know, to, to cl you'd have to climb. And we even had, I mean, I, you know, we had some really good volunteers that come down all the way from Limerick and they did the cliff walks for us and they paraglided in places where it was so hard to get to that there's no way that my sister could have even try to get to that part of you know the parts of Brayhead you know it, it was ridiculous but we said you know we're going to cover all the angles here mm. and you know nothing we've never found anything in Bray this is why I always go back to did something happen near her home in the time discrepancy of her leaving the house and getting clocked at just before eight o'clock at that roundabout yeah I would just ask you on that obviously being careful not to maybe implicate anybody but were there you know any signs of any trouble at home or or, or in the family or with any friends anywhere no, prior to not at all right not at all you know there was there was no nothing untowards going on whatsoever mm -hmm. so everything was normal Every, you know there were as i said they you know this was a couple that were making plans 
she was making plans for a fashion show to be to be done you know holiday plans everything you know it was it was just so I don't know it was just so unusual it was I don't know I just I still can't get my head around it you know this all this time has passed and I just we just still feel that we're at day one because we just can't we haven't had any leads whatsoever not one person has come forward with a solid lead mm. i mean we've had people come forward saying i think i saw someone that might look like her whatever but it's all been chased up and it was just no so there's been no negative information nothing that's no. advanced it no mm. no sightings no nothing no one's come forward but mm. i still believe there is somebody out there that knows something you know i just can't believe that they you know that someone can disappear and nobody knows anything that doesn't make any sense to me and and how how is ezra's um husband doing and is is he is, you know still actively looking like yourself and or, well do you know uh, what I've, they're just trying to get on with life as much as possible mm. you know you know her son is what 13 now 13 uh, wow my god yeah, because he was twelve and a half, uh, two and a half. You still think so. I, I still think about it as a, a because as a of the familiarity with the case yeah. uh, that he's only a, a, a young child. Yeah, gosh. Yeah, yeah, because his birthday was in August, so he would have been thirteen. Mm. But you know, what can you do? And does does it's, he? We try. We try not to. Um, oh, I don't know. I'd, I'd rather not go into that part of it because yes, it's. It's, that's fair enough it's, it's too it's too hard yeah well, i suppose my only question on that really just would have been you know d- d- does he have a comprehension of what happened to his mother and uh, how, how is that explained to him i suppose but do you know what uh, yeah. i think he grew up most of the time thinking mum went to the shop and got lost gosh that's what he was told and that's but, that's it and we you know you didn't want to disturb his little mind Mm. You know, by by saying anything else, and I'm I'm sure as he gets older, you know, he'll ask more questions. The tr- the, the truth is, I suppose, it. Uh, on a simple level, uh, to a degree, that is true. I mean, beyond that, we don't know what happened. We really don't know no. what happened. Well, it's that's a, it. It yeah. is the truth. You know. Yeah. She she went to the shop and disappeared. I mean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. And you know, as as time goes by, you find your mind racking through all of the 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 possibilities, and uh, you know, obviously, as you say, suicide is not a not something that makes any sense. So obviously, you've thought she must have come to some harm, been murdered by someone. Um, as you say, there's there's no trouble, no signs of anything in the family or friends. So, no. if she was murdered, this was by. A stranger, which again oh, yes. in itself I mean, is is disturbing, you know, and not. Well, yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, everything's come to mind. Like, you know, I thought, because I mean, it's it's always I always go back to that time discrepancy near her home. Yeah. And and I always think, you know, because it was such. I mean, even one of her neighbours says, you know, she said, "I do a carpool for school." She goes, "If it was a school day, she goes at that time." kids would be arriving at my house and my front door would be open I would see people go by but she goes because it was half term and nobody was coming you know to to jump in our minibus she goes you know the the our little cove was empty so you know and I and I always think did did someone stop her did did they jump in her car did they take her out of her car you know the worst things come to mind 
you know, and and it was like, I think a couple of years, you know, so much time has gone past. It's all the years literally blurred into each other for me at the moment. And mm. I just can't think of time as such. And um, I remember when Elena O'Hara's body was found, um, I was literally on a trip back because I'd taken a break and I'd gone to Turkey for a couple of weeks. And, um, uh, and of course, you switch your phone off when you're on the plane. So when I got off the plane, I switched my phone on. Oh, my God, there were so many missed calls from media, um, but not the Gardaí, just the media. Yeah. Um, and, and then it's literally message after message, phone, phone us back, phone us back. So, I, you know, I managed to get hold of someone and the, the first thing is like, a body's been found. Have you been notified by the guardian? They, because it was not too far from from where Ezra uh, was from from, Ez, from yeah. where Ezra sort of lived to Bray. It was in between sort of that sort of area. They, you know, a lot of people actually thought it was Ezra's body to begin with, mm. and and I and it was just literally I froze in the middle of Heathrow Airport, um, and I just didn't know where to turn and. I literally had to sit down and then phone the guardian while I was sitting there and they said, oh, no, we're still looking into it. It hasn't been confirmed who it is and blah, blah, blah. But they hadn't actually phoned me to say that this news is out there yeah. or even messaged me. And I'm thinking, you know, that, and they should be the first ones to notify me rather than, you know, the papers trying to get hold of me and tell me this. But, um, yeah, I mean, that, that was another nightmare that we ended up going through. Um, yeah. Um, it's interesting just to, it, in the case of Elaine O'Hara, you know, there was a lot of consideration that that was possibly a suicide until, of course, it turned out, well, it turned, yeah. you know, the evidence in, in relation to the phone and Graham Dwyer and that, I mean, but, mm. but that. I think, you... I think the difference between that is that she knew him, you know, you know, they, they had contact, didn't they? So, but even um, still, that relationship was a lot that, of the details was... of it were not known by anybody yeah. other than the two of them, you know. Um, of now, I, I, but I, the only reason I'm raising that is is because it it it's in such an extraordinary and unusual case. You know, I mean, that it it doesn't mean that that something like that couldn't happen. You know, again, I mean, I think of there's any kind of possibility. Uh, it should Any, be anything is possible, I guess. You yeah. know, it's, you know. Oh, you know, I mean, I've had <clears throat> I've had some awful people. You know. Armchair detectives, yeah, I could call them. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, come with oh, you know, they they could do this or they, this could have happened and that could have happened. And I'm thinking, do you know, if you've got information, go to the guardie for me. You know, if you're willing to talk, go to the guardie. I mean, it even went down the, you know, she's being trafficked, and I said, you, you know, go to the guardie. If this is true, go to the guardie. People just claiming yeah. that they know that she was trafficked, or, or just claim. Well, I mean, it was, it, you know, it was it was mentioned that she could be, or you know, are you sure she's not being? And I'm thinking, oh, okay. right. you know what? If you have, if you're having the information, yeah, yeah, that relates to this, go to the guardian. But you know, you know, the guardian over the years have have interviewed a few people uh, because they've come forward, you know, and it's it's petty things as well which is so disturbing you know we had somebody trying to contact me saying i know who's murdered your sister and i said i beg your pardon and they they literally phoned me at stupid o'clock in the morning and he sounded drunk and i thought you can't do this to me 
you know. Um, um, the Guardian actually did interview him, and it worked out that these two people were trying to literally pin random murder cases or any violence or whatever on each other. Gosh. And I'm thinking, why, why do you do things like this? I mean, you know, we're suffering enough as it is. We don't need this sort of... Oh, it, was, it was... I literally sat there and I was shaking with... You know, I, I, start, I literally broke down and I was crying and shaking, thinking, what are you doing? You're finding me at two o'clock in the morning. Jesus. Yeah, you know, it was it was ridiculous, you know. But unfortunately, you know, people, you know, thankfully, for years now, I haven't had any problems. But at the beginning, it was it was ridiculous, you know. Just wild stuff coming through, and yeah. Yeah. But um, but it was you know the, the the one thing I can say. I mean, since the first detective in charge left, um, the det- the the inspector in charge at the moment, he he will look into everything. If I say to him, I need you to talk to this person, he will. Whereas the the one who was at the very beginning, um, he was not very keen and it was just literally, oh, your sister's run away or she's committed suicide, forget about it. Mm. It was that sort of attitude. Whereas I think we've, we've had... Who's in charge now is very good in the sense that they will look into things for me. But again, I don't. I just in light of what we've been talking about as well, I don't want to 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 uh, unnecessarily speculate. But I, it, I think in the years that followed, there have been so many unusual type cases. A a, a girl was abducted uh, and murdered, uh, Justine Valdez. I mean, there have just been yeah. all sorts of um, uh, unusual cases like that. Uh, and I think maybe the Gardaí might be more mindful of taking things more seriously now than to, they used to. Maybe to to yeah. to those possibilities. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Unfortunately, yeah, with mm. cases like that, definitely. Do, you, do I, I might just ask you, as you said, you've mentioned you, you, you go over to Ireland quite frequently and you go to Bray and you stick up the posters. Um, you know, is this something you're going to continue to do and, 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 and until you get answers? Or, I mean, is it hard to kind well, of... Well, yeah, I mean, God, mm. God willing, you know, God give yeah. me strength that I will definitely carry on and, you know, until I find answers. But, you know, it's... It's just so heart wrenching to to do that travel and come back with nothing all the time, mm-hmm. you know. And I just literally go with hope, thinking, you know, what someone's going to approach me this time, you know, someone might be willing to talk to me, and I and I make it publicly known where I am, where I'm staying, because I like literally check into whichever hotel I'm at, and they can see it through the Facebook page anyway. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, if you've got any news, even if you just come into reception and just leave. A message for me. Uh, don't you don't have to see me. It could be anonymous, anything. Yeah. And I publicise. You know, I've got the Facebook pages. I've got the email address, the missing as email, like Gmail address. But nobody, nobody's actually come forward. No. Well, I, look, listen. Personally, and obviously, I, and sincerely, I, you know, and I feel for my mum more than yeah. my, you know, more than anything else because yeah. I mean, the woman's getting older. She's, she's so frail now. You know, she's got every illness you can think of and she's just holding on for dear life and all she wants, all she keeps saying is, I just need to know what's happened to my baby, you know. I mean, I'm not very well myself, you know, but I might even need a back operation at the way it's going because I'm at home at the moment. Um, oh. Apparently I have a slip disc and my nerves are 
gosh. Top of each other, so I'm in a lot of pain at Ouch. the moment. I'm sorry, yeah. Jeez. I know, so yeah, but, um, which is not pleasant at all. But I, I, I can see and hear in you, obviously, and, and like any family, I would imagine, um, any loving family, you're going to keep fighting for answers. Of course, of yeah. course. You know, we keep putting the appeals out there. I come over, I'm not sure about the Missing Persons Day this year, if it's going to be virtual again, but due to COVID, I mean, there is a lot of people that turn up to that. Um, mm. But it's normally held in the King's Halls. It was in Phoenix Park. Um, quite a few years but um, then they transferred it to the, the King's Halls but um, because over 200 people turn up to these things and I think it's like space and distance and whatever and that's why mm. they've been doing it virtual for the last couple of years mm. but um, it was a really nice place to meet up with all the other families because you know that you all can relate to each other because unless you're going through it yourself you don't really know how we're feeling but that way, you know, you can you can talk to these other families and see what they're doing to see what you can do as well differently, maybe something you haven't tried. So it's yeah. getting ideas from each other, you know. But, um, yeah, I mean, I always do a February trip. Um, and, you know, if the, if the guardian need to talk to me, I, I will fly over at any, any given time, really. Just, just to kind of, I suppose, to sum it up, and I mean, it seems obvious, but it just... What would be your uh, appeal to people, anyone who has any information, come forward, I imagine that's the, the oh message. Oh my goodness, just don't hold it in, just just tell us, you know, we're begging you to, to end. It's so hard to live with the unknown, that's the hardest thing, because my father passed away, but we know where he is. Well, we can go and pay our respects and we we know he's resting. Whereas with Estra's, because we don't know if she's dead or alive. Yeah. You know, I think that's the hardest, the not knowing of what's happened. And we just want some form of closure, good or bad. Because I keep thinking it's been too long. Ezra was a person that would be on the phone to somebody every single day. You know, she would be chatting to somebody. And for nobody to hear anything for all these years, it just makes us feel that the worst has happened. Yeah. But we, but we need to bring her home. Some form of closure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bernard, I really hope you get that. Uh, I hope that, that, that you, you know, it must be difficult to continue to have to make appeals. And I really just hope that someone out there if they have answers they come forward um so thank you for speaking to me um really That's okay. appreciate your time thank you. uh, and wish you all the best well i appreciate you giving us this opportunity you know any publicity is publicity because we don't know like every audience is different yeah you know you'll get somebody that will read one paper and not the other and so it's just reaching out to different people so yeah, hopefully, hopefully the right person listens to to this hopefully yeah Fingers crossed.